I'm Pauli Power, and on this episode, I'm going to talk about asthma, allergies, and the carnivore diet. Hey, what's going on? So, let's take it back to the days of old. Now, I was born in 1979, so I grew up in the 80s, in the 90s, and what can I say? My childhood was very kind of boring and restricted, and it all started when I was about five years old, give or take. I woke up in the middle of the night, couldn't breathe, I was starting to get blue in the face. Nobody knew what was going on, so I got rushed to the emergency. They saved my life, and that's where we found out that that was an asthma attack. So from that day on, I had asthma. I don't remember if that was the same time or a little bit after that, but at some time later on, I also developed allergies. So, a day in the life of a kid growing up in the 80s, having asthma and allergies. Now, my asthma was very severe, and it was the kind that attacked both my lungs and my throat so my throat would be closing up my air vents would be the size of a like a straw and then my lungs started to collapse so I couldn't breathe so I had to take asthma medication to you know become normal again and the medicine and so on in the 80s wasn't that great so the first asthma inhaler that i had as a kid was um, was very clumsy it was big it was i think about the size of a of a 1.5 liter coca-cola bottle well, since I was a kid, it, it looked really big to me, at least. So, I had to take that with me everywhere I went. To school, to gym class. If I was going home to a friend to play, I had to take it with me. Vacation, you name it, I had to take it. And I had to take it several times a day as well. Now, the allergies, they could trigger an asthma attack. So, I was allergic to pollen, I was allergic to fur, as in, you know, cats and dogs and bunnies and horses and cows and, and whatnot. So, my life 
certain part of the year became more or less a living hell, especially in the summertime where the pollen levels were very high. You know, the trees are blooming, the grass is growing, especially when people cut their grass, it's freshly cut, that was the worst. So I would say about 60, maybe 70% of the summer, I had to be inside. I could not go outside and be there for long periods of time. Even though I wanted to, even though it was hot as fuck outside, I wanted to go out, I wanted to play just like everybody else, but no. Because my eyes would water and itch, my throat would become, and I would stand like, <gasps> like that. So yeah, and then it started to itch everywhere on my body. So yeah, that was not fun at all. And that also meant that my school time and social life would be extremely restricted. Because I couldn't be, you know, friends and have play friends with just anybody. Because if that kid in school or my neighbor or someone in the neighborhood if they had a pet or pets, if they had a cat or a dog or a gerbil, anything like that at all. I couldn't really, you know, interact with them. I could talk to them, say hi to them, but I couldn't really play with them. I couldn't go home to them. So that meant that birthday parties and sleepovers, that that's... Uh, that would be a no-no. I could go to a birthday party and say, hey, happy birthday, congratulations, whatever, but then I have to go home again because, you know, the dog would walk in, something like that, and I would start to breathe heavy and everything like. So yeah, that was, that was my, my entire childhood more or less. And the frustrating part was that I was the medicine, the medication, so to speak. A side effect of it would be that I would be like hyperactive. I couldn't sit still. I was like, almost like I was nervous or something. I was wanted to do something. I was wanted to be up and going up and running around and shit. Like I had caffeine or some something like that didn't know it at the time but it was the medicine medication the asthma inhaler that did that shit but if i went too hard for too long my body would like shut down because my lungs couldn't handle it so needless to say when it came to like gym class at school I was more or less picked last when it came to, you know, sports, like team sports. Because who, who wants to have a kid that has asthma and couldn't give 100% and had to stop in the middle of a, you know, a middle of something and then had to go on the sideline to take five minutes to cool down and take 
medication, you know, have to stop the whole game just because of me. So that was no fun. And like I said about the pollen and stuff, so when I went to school, sometimes I couldn't go outside. But that didn't go so well with the teachers, because they didn't really understand it, which means that they didn't believe it. So my mom had some troubles with getting the teachers, you know, to act right and to do stuff. Which also meant that I missed out on a whole bunch of things when it comes to being like, I am social. I love being social. I love talking to people. As a kid, I loved being around people and making them laugh and laugh myself. But again, if they had pets, then I would get an allergic reaction, which could trigger an asthma attack. And so if I ever, you know, be interested in a girl and if she uh, and if one of her hobbies was to ride a horse after school or something like that, like many it's a cliche, but it's true. Many girls and women, they like horses. They like horse riding. So I couldn't go up to that girl and talk to her and get to know her because I would be half past dead like that. And I would, I don't know how often as a kid, but on a regular basis, I would go to a doctor, have a doctor's appointment, and then they would check my lung, do this test to see on a scale how much air I could hold in my lungs and how much I could breathe. And, and the allergy test, they took my forearm, both of them actually, and they pricked me. They stung me with kind of a needle. So they have a, a little glass bottle or a glass jaw with concentrated liquid that's supposed to be from animals and from plants and whatnot. So they would sting, they would prick me, and then I would wait a while. And then my body would react to it. So it would look anywhere from a little mosquito bite all the way up to a fucking, you know, like a bee sting, like really big and really infl inflamed, so to speak. So that would be determined, okay, it's this wide and it's this big and whatever. And they say, okay, you're de deadly allergic to that stuff. So stay away from that, because that could kill you. And oh yeah, you have, you might have a little itch if you go near that thing or eat that stuff, whatever the case may be. And I had that more or less all my life. So that was my childhood in a nutshell, so to speak. And as I grew up becoming a teenager, the only difference is that I became a little better with my inhaler. And as time went on and years passed they came up with new stuff so the asthma medication itself and inhaler itself became better so from that submarine look-alike inhaler now I had two of them and they look 
kind of like a bullet. I don't know how big that was, something like that tall or something like that. <clears throat> and one was blue and one was brown. And they both worked together and I had to take them with me everywhere I went. Nothing, nothing had changed about that part. Always with me, always taking that shit. So the only positive would be that I would do good on these tests. Like, okay, last time I did a checkup, I had these points. I had this air in my lungs. And now I got more of this. Now the PEF test, when you blow hard and fast, like to see how much power you have in your lungs, that became better. But it never became so good that the doctor would tell me that, hey, you might be free from this someday, keep it up. No, no, it was just, hey, this is going good, this is going good. So the brown inhaler would be the one that opened up everything, opened up my throat, opened up everything here to my lungs. And the blue one was long term. So it would go down and keep everything open for as long as possible. Unless, you know, I, I did something extreme, unless I pushed myself, then I had to take it, you know, multiple times. But otherwise, yeah. Take that shit every single day. So between, you know, being a kid and being a teenager, nothing really changed. Same shit if I liked. Now I'm getting even more interested in pussy now I'm interested in sex, because now I'm 15 and 18, you know, you want to have sex. But, same shit there. Even though I could talk to a girl, I'm not a shy kind of person. But, if she had pets, or her family had pets, or if she had a hobby that involved animals, no. That's a no-go. So that through my teenage years, it became more like, nah, I just don't give a fuck. It's too much of a hassle. I felt it would be too much to, you know, tell the girl that, hey, I can't go home to you. I want to be with you, but you have to change your clothes and take a shower and we can only be outside or at my place all the time, you know, it will be very one-sided and I'm not that kind of a person. I like to be like 50-50, you know. So that really sucked. And then I, I've always been active. I always liked sports, even though I couldn't do them physically. So I knew I couldn't be a runner and I couldn't play, you know, basketball or ice hockey or European football or something like that because of my asthma I wouldn't last for too long But when it came to fitness and bodybuilding Yeah, that was okay. I could do that actually so I started lifting some weights started feeling okay about myself So that was you know something to cling on to Something that was okay that didn't feel as much stress and pressure on my lungs as I lifted weights and doing that kind of stuff, 
doing push-ups and pull-ups, calisthenics. So that was kind of like my teenage years. Although there are two, I do have two stories to tell. And one, just to let you know how bad my asthma was, there was a point when I was, I think I was 18, and I was going to be enlisted in the army, military. So I got the papers, I got, you know, I got called in to do this stuff. And they asked me, will you cross everything and you write everything like your bio, so to speak. And if there was any, you know, medication, handicap, whatever, make a copy of the papers from the doctors, send them with them, did all of that. Papers came back and yeah, the bus is gonna pick you up at that drop point. And then you're gonna go to this place and then you're gonna spend, uh, I don't know if it was a week or something like that. So a bunch of other people showed up, took the bus, got over there. My name was called up. I got a bunk bed and everything. And this was like seven or eight in the morning. And then we started doing some tests. First we started doing some tests on a computer. Then when you're done with that test, you know, all day was like different kinds of tests. So they would look at you and see, okay, you, you're good at this, you're bad at that, and points and all of that shit. So I did that. And then I, they called my name and then they told me to see a doctor slash a psychiatrist. Some dude that had both titles, I guess. So I sat there, waited there, got, went in there, and he looked at, his, at my file and said, yeah, you, I see here you have asthma, quite severe. You've had it all your life? I said, yeah, since I was five years old up to now, I've had it, it's in the papers, you know, oh yeah. Well, it is a health hazard. It is a big risk, so we're not gonna enlist you. You're, it's not, we can't take you in. But we can put you, I think it was like a reserve of the reserve. So if there wasn't any reserve left, they would call me last of the last. So, my asthma was so severe that I was not good enough to defend my own country, okay? I was not fit enough or healthy enough to participate in the army or navy, whatever. And story number two. At one time, I think I still was a teenager, they, the doctor convinced me to be a part of a new test that they were doing. 
And at this point, I was kind of desperate to, you know, to see progress, to see change, because I knew that year after year after year, just like Groundhog's Day, it didn't, be, it didn't get any better. It would be the same. Every time summer rolls around, I have to be inside. I'm half dead and all of that shit. So they asked me and convinced me to be part of this because they were going to try something new. Hopefully it would have a good reaction and maybe I could, well, not, I couldn't be free from the allergies, but at least it could maybe make the body stronger so that my allergies would, you know, go down quite a bit so I wouldn't have allergic reaction and maybe some of the allergies that I have would maybe disappear. So they told me they were gonna do this if I said yes, which I did. They were gonna pick four of everything that I was allergic to. They were gonna pick four things. And they were they had four syringes. And in every syringe there was a, a dose of that very thing that I was allergic to. And they were gonna take these four syringes and they were gonna inject them into my body. And they would take two and put on each side of my arm here, on my triceps, somewhere around here. So two syringes here and two syringes here. That would be the procedure. And I would go there once a week to, the, to begin with, to start with, to get the body you know, comfortable and to see if it would, how my body would react. So that would be the trial. And if that was going good, then they would keep on doing it. And then they would increase the dose, but they would decrease the times between the appointments. So starting from once a week and then once every other week and once every third week and so forth. I don't remember how long this would be going on. So, so I said, yeah, let's go for it. So I, I was still at school at the time. So it was too far for me to go from my home to the hospital do that and then come back to school I would be very late so I took a whole day off from school when it was time to do that now I came there they did it took the syringe injected me and then they told me you can't go home right away you have to stay put you don't have to be in this office, but you have to be close by, like outside or something. And take it very easy, just relax. And you have to do that for about an hour, hour and a half. 
because we don't know what will happen, how your body would react, but worst case scenario, you might have to go to the emergency room. And it's much easier and faster to go from this doctor office to the emergency room than if you went home or if you went somewhere else and had a violent attack. So that was like, okay, yeah. Well, it's done now, so I was lucky enough that that particular thing never happened to me. I never had a violent reaction, so I never had to go to the ER, to the emergency. So that was, you know, <laughs> positive. But I did became very, you know, tired, fatigued, sleepy even, felt like a fucking zombie. Or, you know, the day after you've been out partying all night. I didn't have a hangover. I didn't puke. But I still feel, you know, something is wrong with my body. I don't feel 100%. You know that feeling you get just, be, just a day or two before you get sick? Before you catch a cold or before you get a flu? Yeah, that kind of feeling. Had that all day. After I'd done that. So that happened that day and the next day as well. So it ended up being that I had to take two days off from school. The first day that I did a test and the day after because I was feeling it the day after. The after effect so to speak. Not too violent. But still, like, I can't concentrate, I can hardly get up out of bed. I just, I can't really explain it. It just wasn't very pleasant and it wasn't very good. And I didn't eat as well that, that day and the next day. Hardly drank anything, hardly ate anything, just didn't have it in me. So, again... Needless to say, since I did that for a while, that also meant that I was behind in school. Because I missed classes. So now that it was time to do a test, I would fail a test. Because I wasn't in class enough to get all the information and had time to study the shit. So yeah. And just to top it off... The last time, without me knowing it, the last time I went there, I came in, went to the receptionist, say, hi, it's me, I'm here for my, you know, appointment. And she was like, oh, nobody called you? Nobody informed you? Uh, we've stopped doing that test. And I was like, okay. No, nobody called me, I didn't get a letter, nothing. So what happened? Why isn't there a test anymore? What's going on? And she was like, oh, you didn't read the newspaper? Haven't you seen the news? And I was like, no, so tell me. And she said that a handful of doctors and specialists from Denmark had gone publicly and just 
told everybody to pull the plug. It's they deemed it unsafe. They deemed it as a health hazard. It could kill people. Don't know enough about it, so it's not okay in any shape or form. So we must stop it right away. It's dangerous. So there I was as a teenager being a fucking guinea pig to something that could kill me. Yay me. So that was what it's like for me as a teenager. And then the partying and still wanted to be like outside even though I could and I said fuck it I want to go to the beach I want to hang with my bros and all of that shit so almost every time that I went to the beach when it was summertime and the pollen was high I would lay on the beach with toilet paper stuck in my nose both my nostrils something similar to when you have a nosebleed and you try to stop it I didn't have a nosebleed, but the nose would start running like I had a cold. It wouldn't stop. So I had to have like a fucking roll of toilet paper with me to plug my nose and to be on the beach. Yay. Now, as an adult, finished with school, now I have to get a job. Same shit there. And... Just to top it off, I actually got a new allergy. Nobody knows how or why, I can't explain it, but at a certain point as a young adult, you know, 20, 25, I think, when I did those tests for my allergies, some went okay, the horse and, no, not the horse, the cat and dogs had become better compared to when I was a kid and as a young teenager. So now I could actually, you know, be around certain kinds of animals. It depends. I couldn't be around any type of cat or dog like that, but you know, certain types, certain breed depends, you know, with trial and error, but still allergic but all of a sudden I've developed an allergy for a type of flower or a plant let's say plant that only grew in the northern part it was extremely rare here in the south where I was born grew up and where I live so that plant only grows in the north there's n almost nothing down here in the south and still I was allergic to it to that type of pollen and it showed like not like a mosquito bite it was kind of pretty big so <laughs> the doctor asked me have you been around these flowers and plants lately do you have them in your home I can't even remember the name of it, but still, so I went, no. Like, okay, do you spend a lot of time up north, like vacation? Do you have any family up there or relatives? Again, no. Hmm, well, ain't that some shit? Well, you're allergic to it. Congratulations. 
Okay. Yeah, why not? So, there are certain type of jobs that I can't do. There are certain type of workplaces that I can't be in, which restricts, you know, the opportunities of work for me. Either job itself that I can't do, like gardening, landscaping. I don't think I could work outside cutting down trees. Or it would be the workplace itself, you know, if it was inside and it was too dirty, too filthy, because I had allergic reactions to, you know, dust bunnies, if you call them, to dust and, and that type of stuff. And I'm, I was also allergic to flour and to wheat. Now, I did not know that, but I found out the hard way. I actually got an internship, so to speak, at a bakery. Never done it before, but they, you know, they were hiring. I needed the money, so I went there. I said, yeah, we, let's try it out. Let's see what we can do about it. So I started there, started working. And like my track record all of my life i worked for a week or two then became sick almost half a week i'd be sick come back work sick work sick and during this time i also had my annual appointment at the doctors to see about my asthma and allergies now since i'm a adult I think it was like once a year and also my medication my asthma inhalers had advanced more so now I only have to take it twice a day morning and night so to speak so I didn't really have to take it with me because the medication itself was so good that it was long lasting that I would keep everything. So like instead of having two or three different inhalers, now I only had one and it had everything in it, like a cocktail. So I took that in the morning and I could be like 90% throughout the day. So that was, that was, you know, that was really good. So I was sick from work, went to the doctor, did all these tests again with my lungs, see how much air I can hold and all of that stuff. And then when that's done, we sit down and we have a talk and he explains, you know, the results, what the numbers mean. So he asked me, so yeah, these tests aren't looking that good. Last time you were here, you were doing better. So what's going on? What's happening? And I said, I don't know. I've been feeling, I've been sick more nowadays than I was before. I don't know why, but I also got a job. I'm working at a bakery. And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. No, you don't. Absolutely not. 
And I was like, what? What do you mean? Why not? Flour and wheat, that's a health hazard. That shit could kill you. So you're gonna quit today. I'm gonna write a letter and you're gonna show that to your boss. You cannot, under any circumstances, work at a bakery because of your asthma. So I found that out and I was 20 plus, something like that. Never in my life have I ever heard of that. No doctor, no nurse, no specialist during, from childhood up to that point when I was an adult through that whole period of my life. No one has ever talked to me about food, about these stuff that could be hazardous to my health. So, needless to say, that's been my life. I've actually been fired from a handful of work jobs because I was sick too much, too often, and especially during that trial era, so to speak, you have six months you're supposed to show how good you are before you get the papers, before you get a full-time job. And I and I could I, I just couldn't make it. I just couldn't make it six months without being sick. I was sick all the fucking time. And that was because of my allergies and my asthma. Not so much the asthma itself, because I took the medicine, but because of my allergies. I got an allergic reaction, I would be completely wiped out, had trouble going through work, had to call in sick. Then every year I had multiple asthma attacks where I had to take the medicine. So that's, that's been my life from 2017 all the way back to the 80s when I was five years old, when I first got my asthma attack. And in 2017, I had three attacks and I took the asthma medication twice a day, every day. Now, from December 2017, all the way up to December 2018. I didn't have to take the asthma inhaler or the medication once. And I did not have one attack during that whole year. And from December 2018 to December 2019, again, I didn't have to take the asthma medication, the inhaler, once. I did not have one asthma attack. What I did in December 2017 was a radical change. I went from being a 
omnivore, eating anything and everything, eating every three hours, which is like between five and seven meals a day. I started that when I was 18 or 20 because I was into, you know, bodybuilding and fitness. I changed all of that. I took away every single thing and I only brought back meat and eggs and dairy. I don't do too much dairy, but those were the things that, you know, animals, animal products, that's it. So for two years straight, I've been eating only animals, as in meat, all kinds of animals, doesn't matter, all parts of the animal, doesn't matter. Eggs, drink a little milk, eat some cheese, for two years straight. And my asthma disappeared. And I also switched from eating five to seven meals a day, every three hours to just eating one meal a day. I started intimate fasting, which is also something new to me, never done it in my life. I do it every day, been doing it for two years straight, and now 2020, I'm on my third year. So for two years straight, I've been free from sugar, starch, Vegetables, fruits, salad, vegetable fiber, so to speak, fiber, uh, roots, seeds, anything that has to do with mother nature as in plants, anything that grows from the ground, anything that's on a bush, anything that's on a tree or falls from a tree, nothing. So going from 30 plus years of having asthma and allergies to being symptom free, 100% free from it, two years straight, just because I did that little adjustment. And my allergies have also, most of them have cleared up. Now when it's summertime, now when it's pollen season, or some shit like that. It's it's comparable to a mild cold. My nose start running a little bit. My eyes get a little bit watery. But nothing compared to how my life was from 2017 and like 30 years back. It's unfucking believable. So. That's my story that, yeah, whenever anybody comes to me or if I see somebody on the internet posting and saying that fruit and vegetables are good for you, is healthy for you, I just laugh my balls off because I've been eating fruit and vegetables for 30 years. I've had asthma and allergies, severe asthma and allergies, for 30 years. 
I stopped eating that shit, that toxic, and I'm free, symptom free. That's it. So I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care.